So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Erda. And this is the 26th of January. It's the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. And help me to produce the programme this morning. First of all, Shane Ambrose, somewhere out there in Skyplane. Good evening, Shane. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Getting my days. Thanks a lot for joining me. And also, my dear lady wife is joining us this morning. Good morning, Joanne. Morning, John. Morning, listeners. Thanks a lot for joining me, guys. Okay, and this, as we said, it's the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. Just a reminder again, uh, this is the Sunday, the Sunday dedicated to the Word of God. Um, last week, actually, we had Jesse, Dr. Jesse Rogers on to, uh, to explain to, this, to us the, what that was all about. So hopefully from now on, we'll be able to take a little bit more time to be aware of the Word of God each time we come to Mass. But in the meantime, it's very important that I welcome also listeners to our programme who listen to us Every morning, every evening, every Sunday morning and every Sunday evening. Before I go any further, apologies to those people who missed last Sunday's evening's programme. I was told by a few people that it didn't go out. Well, actually, I know I contacted the station who informed me for technical reasons. Um, the programme went out actually about a half an hour late. So therefore, the people who were tuning in at 11, obviously... Probably uh, Sacred Space didn't come on on West Limit 102, so... Um, just left it, but apparently came on about half eleven. But in the, but as I said before, there's other options. I know that's not always available for those who don't have uh, smartphones or internet access. But if you ever need to get to hear what the program, and I know there's a few people ask me could I help them out in terms of getting access to Dr. Jesse's um, talk with us last week, and we'll certainly facilitate that. But in the meantime, thanks a lot, thanks a lot for all those who are joining us this morning, especially those who are. Join us in prayer and keep us in prayer every week. Thank you so much for that. Reminder again, our programme is broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limick, 102FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And it's available for playback and download at various platforms, one of which is commonseeinspirations.buzzpread.com. All you've got to do is just Google Common Sea Inspirations and you'll get us there. We're also on Spotify and iTunes, and of course, our old blog, sacredspace102.blogspot.com. This morning, and part two of the program, um, we speak with um, Sister Mara Grace from the Dominican Sisters of Cecilia there in Glentmore Street in Limerick. Uh, early on during the week, I was able to contact Sister Mara Grace, and she spoke to us about some upcoming events that are taking place um, within the Dominican uh, Sisters um, Parish there in Limerick. Specifically for young people, one particular event, and you'll have to listen to in part two, one particular event takes part in a pub. To find out where that is, join us in part two, stay with us, and you hear Sister Mary Grace giving us all the details about that. If you want to contact us at all, um, our text number here in the programme, 87 That's 87 or you can email us. And that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Now, with this part of the program, we'll invite Shane to share some saints for the week for us. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. Um, so, this week, what are we looking at? So, it's hard to believe things are moving along. We are in the third week of Ordinary Time. And so, for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three. So, this uh, this Sunday... As well as being uh, the Sunday focus on the Word of God as set up by Pope Francis, it's also the beginning of Catholic School Weeks, um, which uh, is a week celebrating 
everything positive about uh, the Catholic ethos in our schools and in particular in our primary schools. And it's celebrated every year. It's it's organised by the bishops, or with, you know, well, with the bishops' conference. So that starts today and it goes on for this week. Very important thing, I suppose, for us to focus on, given the pressures that are there to remove the influence of um, the Catholic ethos in our schools. So then, Monday, the 27th of January, we have the feast day of St. Angela Marisi, I think is how you pronounce her name. She died in 1540, and she's famous because she is the founder of the Ursulines. Now, the Ursuline congregation is, um, she was a friend, she, she, at the age of 15, she received a vision telling she would inspire devout women in their vocations. And uh, during in Crete, during a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, she was struck bl- blind, but she insisted in going on, and sh- her sight, um, as if, and she was, uh, you know, the enthusiasm visited the Holy Land, even as if she still had her sight, and her sight was restored on the way home, actually, at the same place where it was lost. So she founded the Institute of Saint Ursula, the Ursulines, in 1535. Now, the interesting thing about the Institute of Saint Ursulines is the fact that it was a congregation outside of a convent focusing on the education of children and uh it's so it's it's uh it's just it's famous in that regard and I, as far as i'm aware there was a strong uh jesuit influence the other interesting thing about saint angela marisi is the fact that she's one of our incorruptibles uh, her body is interred in the church of saint afra which is in brasicia in italy and it is still there even though she died in 1540. So, Tuesday the 28th of January is the feast day of St. Thomas Aquinas, priest and doctor of the church. Aquinas, of course, is one of the big heavy hitters, very much a man who has influenced us right down to the present day. Born in Italy in 1224, died in 1274. He is very much a man associated, of course, with Thomistic theology, which is the synthesis of Aristotelian thought and Christian theology, and presenting things in a coherent and logical framework and manner. And that Christian revelation and human knowledge are aspects of what's called a single truth, and that they cannot be in conflict with one another. Another way of putting that, I suppose, is the church's understanding that faith and reason cannot contradict each other. And Thomas has contributed very much to the formation of that understanding all down through the centuries. He's the patron saint of schools, universities, students, and booksellers, and he died in 1274. Then on Wednesday, the 29th of January, we have the feast day of St. Gildas the Elder, a son of Canis, a chieftain in areas in northern Britain. He was a monk, spiritual student of St. Caddoc, and he was a hermit on the islands of Rannach and Echnai off the south coast of Wales. Uh, in later life, he retired to live as a prayerful monk at Glastonbury Abbey, and he died in 512 of natural causes. Um, his relics were held at Glastonbury, but were lost over the centuries, particularly during the suppression of the monastery. Then on Thursday, the 30th of September, January, I keep saying September, I don't know why, we have two feast days in the Irish calendar. We have the feast day of St. Aidan, and we also have the feast day of Blessed Margaret Ball and Blessed Francis Taylor. So Aidan first was a saint associated, born probably somewhere in Cavan, studied under St. David in Wales, and he founded the monastery at Ferns. And he was bishop there, so he's very. It's the patronal. It's the patronal feast day of the diocese of Ferns, and he died in 626. 
Now, Blessed Margaret Ball and Blessed Francis Taylor are interesting because they are two of the Irish martyrs that were canonized by, or sorry, were beatified by John Paul II in 1992. Now, Margaret Ball is an interesting one. She was imprisoned for teaching Catholicism and, and giving shelter to priests. But the problem was, or the interesting thing rather about it was her son was actually Lord Mayor of Dublin at the time and he did nothing to help his mother and she she died in Dublin Castle from due to the heart conditions and her old age and she died in 1584. Tom, uh, Francis Taylor was born in Swords in County Dublin and was elected Lord Mayor of Dublin in 1595. He was put to prison for seven years and died in prison in 1621 uh, due to the sever severity of the conditions that he was living under at the time then on friday the last friday of january it's the 31st we have the feast day of saint don bosco now anyone that was listening to the program of course before christmas we had two programs one with the Salesian fathers and the other with the Salesian sisters both celebrating their centenary years uh, last year and this year on their, their arrival in Ireland. John Bosco, of course, is the founder of the Salesians, is associated very much with Northern Italy, founded Salesians to educate boys for life, and he also became involved in catechetical material. He is the patron saint of youth and of Catholic publishers, and he died in 1588. And the shrine to Don Bosco, of course, is in the city of Turin in Northern, uh, Northern Italy. And then finally, John, Saturday next week, um, is the, obviously the first Saturday of the month for those that maintain the devotion, but much more importantly in that, it is of course the 1st of February and it is the feast day of St. Bridget, secondary patron of Ireland, and um, of course, as we all know, very much associated with the tradition of making the St. Bridget's crosses. St. Bridget, renowned for her hospitality and alms giving and care of the sick, and um, of course, very much associated with Kildare. So next Saturday, Saturday week, is the feast day of St. Bridget. And uh, of course, in advance, happy, uh, happy feast day to all with that name. Thank you very much, Neil, for that, Shane. Very comprehensive again. Feast of St. Bridget, of course, very popular saint, no matter where you are. OK, at this part of the programme, we will invite Anne to pray that spiritual communion prayer. And this is for all those who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning because of ill health or just can't get out of the house. Thanks, Anne. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul since I now cannot receive you sacramentally. Welcome spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Anne. So now we go for our first bit of music. I think I played this not so long ago, but it touched me again, so I said I'll play it again. This is by the Vard Sisters, and this one is entitled I Rejoiced. So come back and join us again in part two, where we'll be speaking with Sister Mary Grace. Thank you. 
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. John, on the other end of the uh, telephone this morning, delight for me to welcome back again onto the Come and See programme, Sister Mara Grace, uh, member of the Dominican Sisters in uh, Clantipa Street in Lermy. Good morning to Sister Mara Grace. Good morning, John. No, I it's didn't. great to be with you this morning. Thank you for joining us again. I know you're joining us there for Christmas. Give us a lovely little reflection. Thank you so much. Now, I keep on forgetting your, the full title of your order. It's the, the Dominican <laughs> Sisters of St. Cecilia. Isn't that right? That's it, yes. A lot of people refer to us as the Nashville Dominicans, too. So the that Nashville, works as that'll, well. That'll do as well. Listen, but by the way, um, how many of you are there? Now? Have you reduced in numbers, um, did I hear somebody say at the moment? We have three sisters there. So last year and this year, there have been three of us. Um, and we started with four. So the way our assignments work is just whatever is needed for the congregation. So we have over 300 sisters and serve in um, various countries, mostly in America. But it just kind of depends on who is needed where. So there's, there's usually a shift around. So hopefully one day we'll have four again. But in the meantime, right now, we have um, three of us here in Limerick. Well, great, great to still have you with us. By the way, how long have you been with us, Sister Mary Grace, now? This is our fourth year. Ah. So we came in 2016. So the, so the word is spreading out that you're there. You're certainly involved with a few things uh, to, to help us all grow in our faith. Maybe you can share a few little things that you're involved with currently. Uh, I think you're involved with some catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Tell, tell us all about that. Yes, the, there's a Montessori method of teaching religion. It was started in Italy called Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And uh, several of our sisters have been trained in this method. And we just find it's such a compelling way um, for young people, uh, specifically for children ages 3 to 12. And it's for them to encounter the Lord through uh, Scripture and through liturgy. So the whole method, it's a hands-on, if you're familiar with Montessori, it's a lot of um, hands-on materials where they are encountering the truths of our faith. And we've we've had the atrium now. This is the, we started our first year, so this is our fourth year of the atrium. And we have about 50 children coming um, to be part of this, this catechesis. Um, and recently we've had some of the adults be trained in this method. So um, there's there's a week-long training for adults to be trained in the first level. And we're offering that in February at our at our parish. So we'd invite anybody who's interested in passing on the faith to children, especially to the young child, um, to to email us if they want more information about this course, um, or look it up on our Facebook Facebook page. It's Dominican Sisters Ireland is our Facebook page, and um, the the it's just a week long course from February 27th to March 3rd for adults. So I highly recommend it. I I actually found when I was trained in this method, my own prayer life just skyrocketed because it's just such a beautiful way of handing on the faith to children. And so this is open to anyone who who has been baptized a Catholic and practicing Catholic? Exactly. Yes. And actually the the method is Catholic. There's also um, a part of it that that can be applied to those who are Church of Ireland. So if there's some that are not Catholic but are interested in either learning the Catholic faith or in teaching this in their own church, um, they can email us as well and see what what might the possibilities be. We had someone contact us from Texas who's part of the Episcopal Church and um, wanted to come for the training. So there is um, the method has been developed for the Church of Ireland as well. So if those... Um, from the Church of Ireland are interested, feel free to contact us. 
And do 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 people need to have any specific skills to to, to join the course? Um, I think just a love for the Lord, really. Um, yes. And a love for for children and passing on the faith. But the the way the training works is there'll be a, a catechist there who will give us more of a theoretical and um, theological explanation of this this pedagogy, this way of teaching the faith, and then very practical presentations um, that we they, we model our own teaching off of, so that we're given. We're equipped with not only the head knowledge, but the actual skills to be able to deliver these presentations to the children. Um, and also part of the training is making the, the materials that you'll use as a catechist. Okay. So it's a very um, intensive five-day training, but it's, it's really, by the end of it, you feel very equipped to go out and um, bring this this method of catechesis to children. It's, it's, it sounds exciting. I'm sure, I'm sure parents would be very much like to, them, you know, to get involved themselves. Um, if somebody were interested, could you just remind us of the email address again, please? Sister? Oh, yes. The email address is limerick at op, like order of preachers, dash tn for Tennessee, dot org. So limerick at op dash tn dot org. I was wondering what the TN standard for. Now I know. Tennessee. Thank you very much, Nate, for that. And, and, and so it's it's so so it's it's between the ages of. Did you say five years and twelve years? Twelve years. Three years and oh, and twelve years. So, yep. It's there's actually three different levels. So this is just for the level one child, which is three to five years old. Um, so it's beginning the very basics. But for this method. Um, it's designed where you, you would start with level one before you went on to level two or three. So this is just for if you're beginning the method. Um, some, there are some catechists out there. There's these, this eight, what's called an atrium where this method is used all around the country. So catechists that have already received it might be wanting a refresher. So you also are very welcome to come. Very good. Now, now sorry, is this out of a Saturday? Did you say a Saturday morning or Saturday full day or...? This is. It starts on the twenty seventh, which is a Thursday, okay. and will go until Tuesday, the third of March. Now, is this so for the it's adults? Over, okay. It's for the adults. Yep. So okay. it's it's each each day from nine to five. Okay, and for the from children. The Thursday to Tuesday. And and so the children usually attend. What day? Yeah, we have a a weekly class for the children. So we have a Thursday afternoon at our parish. Um, is all levels, levels one, two, and three, is available for for children, and then every second Sunday before the one o'clock mass, we have another um, class that meets. So eleven thirty on Sundays, and then three thirty in the afternoon on Thursdays. Um, and then if we have other interest, and in, you know people would like to come, our classes are full. Please contact us anyway, and we'll try to work around and and create more classes because you know it's it's such a gift to be able to pass on this, this, the faith to the children. So we, we would hate to turn anybody away. Um, and we also have four other um, lay people who have been trained and work in our atrium. So there's six of us catechists there um, working with all, all ages from 3 to 12. You know, I was, I was just thinking that 11.30 a.m. of a Sunday morning might be a good idea for those who are outside of your parish area, maybe, maybe from West Germany. Who might just want to go That's in? That's right. Just take a look and see what it's like. That's right. Yeah, and if anybody's interested in just seeing what what this method is like before you sign your child up, um, just contact us, and we'd be happy to let you come into the atrium and and see how it works and um, what you. the children are are gaining from this method. 
What else have you been in, been involved with uh, since you've been here, Sister Mary Grace? Well, something new that's coming up that we're excited about is uh, we're planning a series of talks called Theology on Tap. And um, the bishop here has asked me to help with promotion of vocation. So this is kind of coming out of the vocation office that we're planning these talks at Bobby Burns Pub. So it's for young adults. Um, you can define yourself if you think you're a young adult. I'm not setting ages to it. But for young adults, we'll meet at Bobby Burns on Tuesday three different Tuesdays this semester, and here's some kind of talk on religion and and where it meets the secular world. So um, this next coming one is the 11th of February, the Tuesday, and we're inviting Father Connor McDonough, who's a Dominican based in St. Xavier's Dublin. Uh-huh. He's going to come and speak about, his talk is called Prove It, Does Science Disprove God? So we'll be just exploring the relationship between faith and science. Because um, there's such, you know, in the secular world today, there's such this, well, I can't see God, therefore, I can't prove Him, therefore, He doesn't exist, you know. And so, mm. Father will be um, talking into that, like, whether, you know, the scientific knowledge is necessary to prove that God is God is real and exists. So it's going to be an amazing talk um, on the 11th of February. And the time, sorry? It starts at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. And, um... Well, the talk itself will probably start around 8.15 or 8.30, so um, we'll have free finger food there, and, you know, those that come will be in kind of a back room, so we'll direct you to where to go at Bobby Burns. Um, it should be a great night. It's, it's new that, that, that I don't remember um, happening, but maybe it did happen before within the diocese. Looking forward to hearing all about that, Sister Mary Grace. Okay, theology of the tap. So, I mean, that's open, as you, as you say, those who are young are those who think they are young. But anyway, <laughs> the 11th of February, beautiful date as well, of course. Um, now, so moving on from there, I think you have a few more things organized later on this year. Yes, um, we, we for the past two years, have taken a pilgrimage, young people to Italy. So we planned a pilgrimage called the Upward Call. And um, it's been such a wonderful experience for us and for the young people who have gone. Because when you go away... Um, you come away from your everyday life, there's something that can happen. The Lord really can can find space to work in a powerful mm, way. Mm. And so um, as a fruit of these retru- this, these two pilgrimages, we've decided this year to do um, a retreat here in Limerick. I'm sorry, not in Limerick, here in Ireland. So we're not leaving the country, but here in Ireland at the Ennismore Retreat Center in Cork. We're planning a weekend retreat for young people that want to have this, this a space in their lives for God, to encounter Him, to get to know other young people. So we planned what's called the Upward Call Retreat, um, where we'll be focusing especially on St. Paul and um, asking his intercession, using his, his letters in Scripture to help us to understand more fully the call we have to be saints. Um, so if young people out there are interested, it's going to be March 13th to 15th. It's a Friday to Sunday um, at Ennismore Retreat Center in Cork. And um, the Dominican Friars and Sisters will will be hosting this. And we've planned a lot of great talks. There'll be Mass every day, prayer time, time just to socialize and be with one another. Um, and then even some time for silence, which is something that, you know, seems so foreign in today's world. It's so noisy. But we found on the pilgrimage that that was the highlight for the young people, that we had a retreat day and a day of silence. Um, so we'll be having some silence time out there as well, just 
for you to be for young people to be able to really pray um, and enter into that conversation with the Lord. And again, so that's the upward call retreat. Again, if people were interested, um, how would you suggest they contact or make contact? Oh yeah, to, to contact us or find more information, you can go to our Facebook page mm. at Dominican Sisters Ireland or email limerick at op-tn.org. So um, you can find out more uh, on the web Facebook page about it or email us and we'll be happy to give more information. So that's, that's the 13th to the 15th of March. And then you've got another pilgrimage coming up, I think, later on in the year. Yeah? That's right. So, yes, back by popular demand, we planned another pilgrimage for this August 22nd to 28th. And we'll be going to Italy um, to, well, we stayed at Bracciano, where there's a retreat house there that our sisters run. And it's in such a beautiful location, right on the, a lake. Um, and it's about an hour from Rome. So it's a it's ideal location to get outside the city and have some peace and quiet, but then also to go and travel and go into the city. So we'll be visiting Rome and Orvieto, um, which are uh, two places where they have Eucharistic miracles. So the theme will be um, deepening our love for the Eucharist. So we'll be discussing um, the different, visiting the different Eucharistic miracles, having seminar discussions about the Eucharist in our lives, and um, and spending time with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament in the Eucharist. So that's the 22nd to the 28th of August. And again, you can contact us by our email address, limerick at op-tn.org, or by going on our Facebook page for more information. You know, Sister Sister Grace, you're really giving options there to young people out there. I mean, starting from the 11th of February, okay, at the, the early on tap, and then the weekend in, in this more, uh, the, the 13th to the 15th of March, and then 22nd to 28th of Italy. Do you find many people uh, keep on coming back to you and say, listen, have you, have you got more? Can I go to any more of these retreats? Or <laughs> is it just one or two that come to these? Yeah, no, we, um, we've had a full pilgrimage every year. That's I think there's a hunger for these experiences. Um, and I was talking to someone just the other day, a young person, and they were saying, you know, it's great to have these experiences and then to have the support when we get back from them. And so I think that's why we found the need to do, in addition to the pilgrimage, to do a retreat and these other events that young people can tap into, because the, it's great to have this experience and this, you know, retreat high, as they say. But then when you get back and you get into the normal everyday living, it's harder to keep that, keep up the faith, you know. So we found um, this this desire among young people to have things to tap into every once in a while so that they can keep that, um, keep the faith strong and connect with other young people who would be like-minded. No, as if that wasn't enough, you have another vocations discerning weekend retreat. Have you coming up shortly for women? Yeah, coming up. That's right. The, um, do you know, I I think part of my work is in the vocation office. I see that there is this um, desire to discern one's vocation, but also um, not know where to begin. <laughs> and so we, a couple of times since we've been here, we've offered some discernment retreats. And so we'll have another one again here in February. It's during Valentine's Day weekend, so what a better way to spend Valentine's with the Lord, um, February 14th through the 16th. And um, it's a time for women who are who are considering their vocation, open to religious vocation, to enter into our life, to see what it is like to be a sister. 
So this would be for those that are more seriously considering religious life. Um, we have other kinds of retreats that are just for, you know, discernment in general. But this would be for those women that are, are really open to the idea of a religious vocation and just want to get a taste of what it's like. So for the three days, um, the women will be entering into our daily routine, um, into our prayer life, into our um, how we'll be eating meals together and recreating together, and there'll be different talks on vocation and discernment. So any young women out there who are between 18 and 30 and are at that point when they're really considering what is God's will for my life, um, you're welcome to contact us, and I'd be happy to talk with you to see if this retreat would be a fit for you. So um, it, the space is limited because it is at our convent. We we are able to have some accommodation there, which is a blessing. So um, just, again, you can email us at limerick at op-tn.org um, to find out more about this retreat or if you have any vocational discernment questions. We'd be happy to to talk with young women. And, you know, when I was, when I was um, a young person in secondary school, I went on a, a vocation retreat at our convent, and um, I found it to be extremely helpful in seeing, is this somewhere uh, that could be where God might be calling me? Um, I think we have this idea of what it's like to be a nun or be a religious sister, mm-hmm. but until we really explore and, and um, visit, we really we can't really picture in fullness what it's like. So for any of that out there that are, are curious or just um, would like more information, please don't, feel free to contact us. You know, I, I couldn't help but think, as you were saying there, about, um, you know, unless you come to experience these things, you really won't appreciate it. And I was thinking of, of all the options that you've been mentioning there for young people, be it retreats, be it uh, theology on tap or whatever it might be. It is one way for uh, young people at least to come in and have a look and see what it's like without any commitment. These days, maybe exactly. young people might be looking and searching, what is this, what is there out there that I can connect with? Yes. Maybe they've got a problem with that, and, and this might be one little way of them dipping their toe in the water. That's right, yeah. I was recently um, at an event for young young adults, and the one of the young adults brought up the point that, you know, there's there's really no other, seemingly, seemingly in college, there's no other place to gather to socialize except at nightclubs, you know? Mm-hmm. So we were talking about, well, how do we create a whole other culture where we have another place to gather. And so um, these are our little attempts to help young people connect so that those kind of opportunities can happen, that they don't feel this, you know, if I want to have friends, I have to go clubbing. (laughs) So Mm. I think that's the important thing, too, about these events is that it connects young people with each other. So they have this group of friends where they can um, be free to to plan new things or to connect at at other other events, other venues. so that they have that support in, in living the faith. And maybe maybe a, another option for young people then to, to try to explore and see what this is all about is maybe through social media, because, of course, um, um, young people are very much into social media. And I was thinking specifically about YouTube, the, you know, the YouTube option. There, there was a beautiful mm-hmm. um, conference, I believe, the last few years in America called SEEK. And I just mm. happened to, to, to Google on YouTube, seek and, and, and listen to some of the speakers. They're very, very inspiring. Yes. It's one way, again, yes. for young people to, be, to get connected with somebody they can hear. That's right. 
Do you know, and I think um, another young person brought up this great point at this conference. He said, you know, there's so much at our fingertips. And if we're just using the excuse that we're not, you know, hearing what the faith teaches at Mass or whatever, we have no excuse. There's so much out there on YouTube. And I think that's a great resource, the Seek Conference, because that's aimed at young adults, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think social media is a wonderful way to be formed and to stay connected with other young people in the church. Thank you very much indeed. We've just come to the end of the interview, but but I just want to remind people again, and maybe you can remind us again. First of all, you got Theology of the Tap. That takes place... But... The 11th of February mm-hmm. is our first one um, here in Limerick at Bobby Burns Pub. Mm-hmm. And then and in March, we have the Upward Call Retreat March 13th to the 15th um, for young adults in Cork, from anywhere, but it'll be located in Cork. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have our Catechesis of the Good Shepherd training for adults. They want to be part of that formation course to learn how to pass on the faith to children, which is February 27th to March 3rd. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the the vocation retreat is February 14th to 16th. Um, for the young women. And then finally, the pilgrimage will be in August 22nd to 28th. And we're asking for people to book by June 1st. So um, it's a good time to start thinking about the summer and maybe setting some funds aside to be able to come with us on that pilgrimage. Sister Mary Grace, thank you so much indeed for joining us. Can I ask you um, to say a little prayer maybe for us these days, especially for those... Uh, I'm thinking specifically now about people of my own age, you know, um, um, who, who have younger children who maybe uh, are not attending Mass so much these days and maybe not connected with the Catholic Church these days, that the Holy Spirit might be able to touch maybe our age group to be able to enable our youngsters to be able to find that little way. Maybe it might be through theology that's happy, it might be connected with yourselves inside. But a little prayer asking the Holy Spirit to say with us, please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are good and deserving of all our love. And we ask that you send your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Give us the gift of courage, the gift of wisdom. And fill us with a deep zeal to bring your love to all that we all who we know, all who we encounter. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you continue to flame the hearts of young people. You inflame them with a desire for what is good, and we ask you to help them see that the true good is you alone. We pray for an increase in hope that you are with us and that you are guiding the church and that you call souls to return to you. We entrust all who we love into your sacred heart, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God bless you, Sister Mary Grace. Thank you so much. And with the, just before Thank we leave you, the John. just before we leave this segment, this little piece of music I asked you to choose. What, which piece of music did you choose for us to listen to this morning? Yes, I chose the, the song Touch the Sky by Hillsong United. And I thought this song was so appropriate for um, what God is, is asking of all of us to have this um, 
sense of surrender to him um, because he wants to raise us up. So um, I was thinking especially of the upward call theme for the retreat and the pilgrimage um, to that he, he desires, he gives us this call um, to be the saints we're called to be. Thank you so much for that. And listen, we, we will keep you in prayer. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing for the Lord. Thank you, John. God bless you now. Bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. So welcome back again to the third part of Coming to Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Still joined in the studio here by Anne and Shane and the end of the Skype line. And before we read the read and reflect on the Word of God this morning, we'll invite Anne to pray that prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Anne. Lord, we thank you for pushing us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. 
send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this water in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Anne. So now we'll read the Gospel for this, the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 12 to 23. Hearing that John had been arrested, Jesus went back to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and settled in Capernaum, a lakeside town on the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. In this way, the prophecy of the Isaiah would be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and Naphtali, way of the sea and the far side of the Jordan, Galilee of the nations, the people that lived in darkness had seen a great light. And in those who dwell in the land and shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that moment, Jesus began his preaching with the message, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were making a cast in the lake with a net, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Going on from there, he saw another pair of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in their boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them, and at once, leaving the boat and their father, they followed him. He went round the whole of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing all kinds of diseases and sickness among the people. Yeah, um, to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it this week. Um... I was reading it a few times and going through it and kind of going, what am I going to talk about in the program? And I suppose, looking at it, I suppose we have here the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. So it's the next step after the baptism in the Jordan with John. And what's happened is that John has been, John has been arrested by Herod. So Jesus retreats from Judea back up to Galilee. And in doing so, fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah about Zeppelin and Naphtali. Um, because, of course, the light that has come, of course, is Jesus arriving into them and starting to preach the good news. Now, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, that great line, the people that lived in darkness have seen a great light. On those who dwell in the land and shadow of death, a light has dawned. And I suppose we could we could, we could reflect on that for a bit because, of course, it's one of the great things or lines, very common lines that's used when describing who Jesus is, is this, you know, a light for the nations. And Jesus, of course, starts out, repent for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Now, it's interesting, of course, because repent for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand is echoing what John was saying uh, for baptism in the Jordan. So he's continuing on, I suppose, the, mes- the, the message of his cousin. And it's an interesting one for us, I suppose. It's like it's still something, I suppose, that should echo to us uh, down to the present day. 
Because one of the things we say when we look at Lexio on the program every week is the fact that Scripture still speaks to us. It's not something that was just written 2,000 years ago. So I suppose for us the question would be, if you heard that sentence, repent for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand, what would it mean for you? And in the world that we live in today, I suppose we've gone from one extreme to the other. We've gone from an extreme where people were browbeaten and kind of um, almost bullied about behaving in certain ways in, 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 in society and life and positions that they hold to another extreme where it's almost a free-for-all and you can do almost what you like, provided, of course, that you fulfill the current liberal consensus. Um, but it's, um, I suppose the question for each of us this Sunday as we're listening to that gospel is, what does it mean for us? Repent for the kingdom of God is near. And that word repent is so, is so loaded, I suppose, that we have to unpack it a small bit in terms of what is it in our lives that is perhaps causing us not to be aware of the divine around us? Or what is it in our lives that is there that might possibly block us hearing what God is trying to say to us in our day-to-day -day lives. And I suppose the next part of the gospel, which talks about the calling of the first four disciples, um, you know, and is, 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 I suppose, what the response should be. Because if we respond to Jesus' call, then I suppose we react like the four apostles did, which is they got up and left everything and followed Jesus. And that, I suppose, for us is kind of the, the, the test in terms of our reactions and our response to the message for us each Sunday, which is, you know, repent and believe for the kingdom is heaven and respond to the call to follow. Come follow Christ. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So I suppose, John, there are just a couple of thoughts that struck me this week on Sunday's Gospel. Shane, sure, thanks a lot for that. So for my own little offering this week, um, in today's Gospel we hear of Jesus calling four fishermen to follow him. They were ordinary fishermen going about their daily work. From what we know about them, they, were, they didn't have any special gifts other than their fishing abilities. He told them he was going to make them fishers of men. So they left their nets behind and followed him. 2,000 years later, today, Jesus is still calling people to follow him. He's calling us. Yes, he's calling us to do the work he wants us to do. To do the work he has given us the talents and abilities to do. And that needs to be repeated. He's calling us to do the work he wants us to do. Not to do the work he wants others to do. We only have to worry about what God wants us to do. He's not given us the talents and abilities to do their work. <laughs> so we need to believe that Jesus will not be asking us to do anything that he's not given us the ability to do. He will, he will give us all we need to carry out our mission. So today, let's take some quiet time, I suggest, to listen to what Jesus might be asking us to do. It might be something we've never thought of before. It could, we could be called to bring hope to those in our path who need us to bring our gifts to give them a lift. It could be visiting those who are lonely, helping neighbours who find life a struggle. It may be encouraging those who lack confidence. Maybe we know people who have experienced bereavements, loss of a job, suffering from an addiction. Whatever it might be, it is, whatever it is now, might be the time we are called.
to do what the Lord wants us to do now. We're all aware of our weakness and know we need the Lord's help. So I'll finish with this prayer actually that actually we used last week. Maybe a good one to, for us to take away from the program this week. Dear Lord, I give you my hands to do your work. I give you my feet to go your way. I give you my eyes to see as you see. I give you my tongue to speak your words. I give you my mind that you may think in me. I give you my spirit that you may pray in me. Above all, I give you my heart that you may love in me. So that's about brings us to the end of the programme this morning. Uh, thanks a lot, Anne, for, for joining us this morning on the programme. You're welcome. Good and morning. Shane, thanks a lot for, for staying with us again this week. All right, talk to you soon. We're going to do it all again next week. We're, I know, later than normal, but a tradition, as you say, we're going to take a look at last year. Is that right? Yes. So next week's programme, we'll do our year in review and we'll kind of do what were the highlights in the Catholic world in 2019. We're a small bit week or two late in doing it but that's okay and then we'll kind of look at what might be the big things for 2020 to watch out for so that's all coming again next week but until then we'll leave you with a nice bit of music just to finish off our program this morning it's entitled you called me and it's by joanne johnson so in the meantime have a good week we'll join you again next week god bless you all now bye bye
Set my 